considering a donation to Rightly Dividing the Word. Whatever method you choose, thank you for supporting the work of the podcast Rightly Dividing the Word. We are committed to stewarding all gifts wisely toward the goal of proclaiming the holiness of God to as many people as possible. We take seriously our God-given responsibility to be a wise, honorable steward of every donation we receive. Welcome back to the podcast, Rightly Dividing the Word, with your host and theologian, Gerald Double. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, We're here with another episode on hermeneutics, and uh, we're excited because we're going to spend the next, we're hoping to spend like the next 15 to 20 weeks uh, really just explaining how biblical interpretation works and uh, what that's going to look like for you guys. It's also going to give you some tools to help you, you know, interpret Scripture and really figure out how to understand the Bible. So what we want to talk about this week is what should be our commitment um, and, and what does that mean? What is the, the quality of being dedicated to an activity, especially as we begin our journey into reading and interpreting and teaching the Bible? we really have to first identify some important commitments. And I'm going to examine uh, several key concepts that we believe uh, you must be dedicated to. I'm going to give you some key terms first. Uh, The very first term that you want to write down is authorial intent. This uh, is what refers to an author's intended, uh, what they intended to say when he wrote a text. Uh, And then hermeneutics. This is the discipline that studies the theory, the principles, and methods used to interpret texts, especially ancient ones such as the Bible. These are going to be some discussion questions that you guys can write down and kind of work them out yourself as I explain stuff. But why is it important to have a high view of Scripture? Uh, Question number two, why must we be committed to an interpretation of Scripture that begins with the author's intention? Number three, we believe in a dual authorship of Scripture, that is, God and the human author wrote together. Explain how this affects our interpretation of the biblical text, okay? So you can kind of answer those yourself, uh, but um, just thank you for coming to the podcast, and let's go ahead and get started. So you should be dedicated to a high view of Scripture, a reliance on the authorial intent of the text, and we really need to have a belief in the profitability of Scripture And uh, we must be dedicated to that in our reading, interpreting, and teaching. So spend some time this week really dedicating yourself afresh and anew to these important commitments, okay? Some of you may have grown up with that song, that song that we used to sing, God's Amazing Books, the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for me. Uh, Before we dive into the key steps to reading and interpreting teaching the Bible, Let's uh, consider the important book in the Bible. In this lecture, we're going to take a brief survey of the Bible's origin, inspiration, canicity, and more. So we're going to go over some key terms again. Inspiration is the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit that enabled and motivated the human authors of Scripture to produce an accurate record and revelation of God's redemptive will, purpose, and activity. Canon is the collection of biblical books that Christians accept as a uniquely authoritative for defining the Christian faith and practice. Bibliology is the doctrine of the Bible 
Inerrancy is the idea of being free from error. When applied to scripture, it means that the Bible is without error in what what it teaches and absolutely trustworthy and true claims that it makes. Infallibility is being free from or incapable of error. So it's infallible. While a near uh, synonym to inerrancy, infallibility safeguards the truth that the Holy Scripture is sure, it is safe, and it is reliable for guides in all matters. <laughs> now, let's, let's talk about some, some thoughts for application. What you believe about the Bible will determine how you read it, how you interpret it, and how you teach it. So before we move on, I want you guys to read the following verses and pray for a better understanding of God's words. I'm going to give you the verses. I want you guys to check them out. It's Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. John chapter 10, verse 35. John chapter 17, verse 17. 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, verse 5 through 17. Or 15 through 17, my bad. And 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 16 through 21. Uh, so pre-commitments of interpreter of scripture as an interpreter of scripture you really have to be committed to that high view of scripture okay uh and what the bible says god says but what god says we must say and i want to be clear about that because a lot of times when we interpret scripture we're saying what we think it is we're saying what we think we see we're saying what we think the ideas or concepts or interpretations are behind the script but really what the bible says god says and what god says we must say and we have to be a hundred percent on that because we can't uh a lot of times what happens in the church is you know they don't want to uh upset people or go against people's way of living so you know they'll they'll take a scripture and and maybe not preach it because it'll you know it'll bring some uproar in the church but really those are the things that we need to be preaching the things that are going to cause conflict in someone's life is good for the soul it's good for the brother and the sister because they need to be convicted of their sin conviction of the probability of all scripture no one area of the bible is any more inspired than the other i want to be clear on that because the words of jesus are no more authoritative than the words of of paul okay the epistles are no more inspired than the genealogies of the Old Testament. There is equal inspiration but degrees of importance. So certain texts are more important than the other. Um, just because of the concepts behind it, the theology behind it, uh, all, all interpretation and teaching therefore must be lashed to the scriptures, not rooted in something else, okay? So we need to really call to that rightly divide the word of truth. We, we have to really be focused on dividing the word of truth. And that's 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. So if you cannot say that this is what God says, you have nothing to say. I want to be clear about that. This is what God says. This is what the Bible says. This is what the scriptures say. If you can't say that, then really you have nothing to say. Because whatever it is that you're saying is coming from your own flesh which is bad, or your own mind, which is even worse. The purpose of hermeneutics is to make clear the meaning of a passage. So when you guys practice your hermeneutics, you should be using those tools that are going to guide that teaching. And through that teaching, you're going to be able to kind of tie that message so that the hearer can start to understand 
what it is that Christ was saying or what God was saying in the Old Testament to his people. Then you want to focus on what the author is saying is what we are after. That's what we need to be searching. What is Paul talking about? Why did Paul write this text? Why did... Um, what what's going on in Macedonia? What what was going on in the Corinthian in the church in Corinth? Um, we need to answer those who, what, when, where, and why. Those five W's that we all know very well because we've learned that since school age. And then what difference it should make in the hearer's life is what we hope to show. That's what we need to show them when we practice our hermeneutics to get our exegesis to extract that text. We need to really. Make it clear so that the hearer's life is 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 what we need to show them to to make that difference in that hearer's life, and why God wants the hearer to know this is what will change lives. Okay, and then we need to make sure that our commitment to do some clear, hard thinking about what Scripture's mean meaning is and how it applies. Okay, James chapter one, verses twenty-two through twenty-five. The interpreter must think hard and think well. He or she must be thorough and hardworking. So again, this isn't something that's easy. This isn't something you can just open up, read the verse, get the answer. Some of the texts are pretty much that clear. Most of them are not. So the interpreter must understand thinking, how thoughts work, the nature of thought itself, and how those who hear you teach will hear and understand and incorporate that truth. And then we have to have that willingness to be confined to the intention of the author. We really need to be confined to this specifically. Our, our message needs to be what the author's message was. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1-5. through 5. What he is saying is what the interpreter must say. So whatever Paul was saying to the church then is what we need to be saying to the church now. Um, if it is outside the author's intent, it is outside the intent of the Holy Spirit and therefore outside the realm of divine authority. So you are literally preaching a false gospel. You do not want to be found doing that. Authorial intent constitutes the authority of God. Observation. What do I see? So I want to talk about these are the tools now. So when we practice observation, what do I see? Becoming a diligent and trained student of the scripture is, is it's really essential to the task of preaching and teaching. So unfortunately, even many pastors are stagnant when it comes to growing in their knowledge of the Bible. Okay, and this uh, we're not attacking anyone, but it's, it's so true. I know seeing so many pastors that just have no right understanding of scripture. I mean, we even had a pastor that told us um, if you were an introvert, uh, you definitely weren't called to the mission field uh, because you're an introvert and uh, he would be the one to decide whether or not you could go into the mission field when clearly it's stated in the Bible that we are all called to the mission field. Uh, female and male, we can all proclaim the gospel. There's nothing wrong with that. As far as being a pastor, that is a, a, a male uh, position. Uh, but I don't want to dig into that right now on this. But reasons why we aren't in the Bible. The problem of motivation is that we don't have the energy or see the necessity of why we should study. The problem of priorities. Most people are way too busy and they really just have a lack of, of even how to get their schedule right so they can have time to, to study. Um, I can tell you that 
basically I'm attending school full time as a seminary student. Uh, I'm writing stuff. I'm writing stuff in school. I do a podcast. I have a fishing. Uh, uh, basically, I'm trying to uh, go into a pro competition for fishing. So I have activities that I do too, but I always make sure that I really try to keep that schedule clean so that um, I'm spending the right amount of time in the Gospels and the right amount of time studying. And then you have the problem of technique. We just don't know how to interpret Scripture. We don't know how to practice exegesis. We don't even know it. Most Christians I know don't even know what hermeneutics is or theology for that. Well, some of them have heard the word, but they can't explain what it is. And then you have the problem of preoccupation we just don't get around to it because i i think most of it's laziness and we just don't want to do the work i mean especially in this day and age and even some of the old school people are like oh, i don't need to study the bible i just do my daily readings no that's called daily reading studying the bible is hours sometimes only 45 minutes but usually more than an hour you're breaking down word studies you're you're trying to literally figure out what is going on so the question is, why study the Bible? Well, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11 through 14 is pretty clear. It is the means to develop spiritual maturity and godly wisdom. So if you want to have wisdom, which is the only wisdom in the world, all wisdom comes from God. That's facts. It's in Scripture. The ability to see life from God's perspective and react and respond to it with His mind. So Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Uh, point B to this would be First Peter chapter 2, verse 2. Scripture is the primary means of spiritual growth. Our aim as believers should to be like Christ, Jesus. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 through 30. Uh, Howard Hendricks says there are three kinds of Bible students. First, it's like castor oil, bitter and hard to take. The second, it's like shredded wheat, dry but nourishing. The third, it's like peaches and cream. They just can't get enough. And that's from Howard Hendricks uh, when he was talking about some of his experience with uh, those who study the Bible. And I think Second uh, Timothy 2.15, the Bible gives the only guidelines to follow for presenting ourselves to God in a manner approved by him. I mean, I think we all want to be approved by God to be great stewards. Uh, chapter, uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 2, the bottom line of the Christian experience is how we answer three questions. We should ask ourselves daily, is the Lord well pleased? First question. Is the work well done? Second question. Is the word well used? Third question. Now, I like that third question because when it comes to are we really doing things the way we should be doing? Are we working for Christ? And if we are working for Christ, then are we are we getting that 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 gospel really drawn out? And uh, are we really working through what it means to be a Christian? And I don't think most people understand that, uh, especially in the sense of uh, hermeneutics is, is, it is a very hard thing to understand. A hermeneutics is a process that takes a long time to work out. Just basically even getting to understand Scripture um, and how how do you break down the understanding of Scripture? Um, and, and I'll ask you to be patient with me, and I'll do my very best to make this material uh, that it would be useful to you. Uh, we want to look at what, what, what really does cause us to not understand 
the text. And I think a lot of time that's because we just don't have the right understanding of Scripture. It often, uh, it's impossible in certain situations where the interpretation of the Bible is made exclusive uh, only to the priesthood. And we, we see that, that, oh, oh, you know, I just let my pastor do that for me. And, uh, you know, when I go to church, I really, he helps me understand the Bible. Well, that's great, but you need to be able to explain how to do your interpretation of the Bible, how to practice hermeneutics. I mean, that, that comes from you doing the work, not your pastor, not your local pastor. Um, so that's all I really want to touch base on today uh, for our second part into hermeneutics. I uh, hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. We revamped things. We redid some stuff. And uh, we're just really trying to make this more of a teaching experience. And I uh, hope you guys learned something today. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you have questions or want to talk with us, we are on Facebook at Theological Center for Truth, as always. 2 Timothy 2.15 Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth.